215 of the Bronx Beat Podcast. I'm EJ Fagan. and today I am joined by two newsies, which I'm not going to say more often. Uh, Dr. Paul Semendinger. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And Andy Singer. Hey, everybody. All right. We, we, uh, we, we got two games. The Yankees have won a game. They have lost a game. Uh, there's been some other news in there. We're, we're, we're going to talk about it. Uh, First thing, I guess, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the roster moves before the game uh, before game one. So, Andy, you and I, we talked for 48 minutes. We talked about every permutation we could think of of the roster moves that the Yankees would make. We did not discuss the possibility of adding CC Sabathia, of adding Aaron Hicks, of and of subtracting Tyler Wade and uh, uh, Luke Voigt. Uh, what do you think about that combination of moves? Well... I realize I'm going to sound like a broken record because I keep coming back to the fact that as far as I'm concerned, and I'm going to cut it short because it kind of dovetails into my opinion on game two, but to me, Aaron Hicks and Cameron Maben are identical pieces. If you have one, you really don't need the other, so I'm very confused about what the purpose behind that justification is and even beyond that i think it's really interesting to go with such a deep pitching staff and it makes sense given the fact that we've seen that boone has a quick hook with the starters against the astros so all in all it makes sense in some ways but i wasn't sold on giving up tyler wade paul what is your opinion of those moves all right can you hear me yes all right my, my uh, thing was acting up it's a it's it's a great question. I like if if Aaron Hicks is really healthy, I like him because I do like the fact that he uh, is a left-handed hitter. I don't disagree with Andy that he is sort of redundant to Cameron Maben, but I could see a situation where they use Hicks um, because Maben comes in to be a defensive replacement for Stanton, and then they want Hicks as left-handed bat. Um, and I I don't mind having CC Sabathia on the roster. But again, as Andy said, the Yankees are carrying, I don't know, 612 pitchers. And I think part of the reason is because of Aaron, Ho- Aaron Boone having a very quick hook. And, you know, are, are they sacrificing some good depth, um, including uh, Mike Ford, a left-handed hitter, to have this many pitchers because I guess the manager doesn't have enough faith in some of them to let them work out of jams? in the middle innings. So I'm not 100% jumping up and down, but I, I did like Aaron, adding Aaron Hicks. And I understand that they lose Tyler Wade, but um, I'd rather have uh, Ford than him. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page here. Here's my problem with what's going on, right? I, I agree with everything you both, you guys both just said. My, I, As I said to Andy like four days ago, I said, if you add Aaron Hicks, that means he's a starter. Right, like that—that's the reason to do it. You would reconfigure your infield a little bit, and Canelo Sam would go to first. Stanton would go to DH, etc. And if Stanton is indeed um, able to hit, but nursing a quad injury, so he can't play the field, that is like just as important. Um, what what I realized is that I, I didn't even didn't even occur to me until until the middle of yesterday's game. The Yankees have no backup infielders in that scenario. The only backup infielder, if one of the infielders had to be replaced yesterday for the Yankees, was Edwin Encarnacion, who was playing DH. So if John Carlos Stanton had pinch hit, 
which he apparently was available to do in, in a tied game, there, there would have been no place to play him. He, you, you would have to either um, – Aaron Hicks would either still have to be on the bench or you have to, like, move Gary Sanchez to first base or something like that um, or lose the DH. It, it, it's just terrible roster construction. Like, the, the, the Yankees have a lot of pitchers. In fact, they didn't run out of pitchers last night. They removed Paxton in the second inning. They did not run out of pitchers. They just ran out of good pitchers. Which is, which is a difference, right? You still had Luis Sessa ready to pitch like eight innings off the bench if you had to. Um, and, and you still had, you know, you only had you know, a couple of guys only, you know, went pretty pretty short outings. And, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a broken record talking about Mike Ford, and I, like, I want to stop it. Like, I'm aware of myself talking about Mike Ford all the time. But Mike Ford would have been really nice to have last night, especially since the Astros don't have a single left-handed starter, uh, reliever or starter on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I th- EJ, I think uh, I'm on the same page with you, although as much as I talk a lot about Mike Ford, both with you and on the on Start Spreading the News, I, I think in this scenario, I love the idea of Tyler Wade as the pinch runner off the bench. By f- every foot speed metric that we have available to us, he's the best runner on the Yankees, not named Brett Gardner. He plays all over the field. I think there's a there's a lot of validity to having a Tyler Wade on this roster. A Tyler Wade, a, a, a Mike Ford, something that you don't have from a roster construction standpoint, and I agree with you. All right, the who Yankees would you subtract from this roster? to get Tyler Wade? I think that I would subtract Sessa. Uh, you've got J.A. Happ, and he's probably not starting a game. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I th- I'm I, with you sort of there that I think game four to get long. I think I subtract CeCe Sabathia or Tyler Lyons. The Yankees had a lot of left-handed, left-handed relievers in the bullpen in the later part of the game. So before Zach Britton came in, they had Lyons, Sabathia, Chapman, Zach Britton, Luis Sessa, Jay Happ was their bullpen, right? That that that's a lot of left-handed arms that you don't that, that like that aren't particularly useful to you. Like they they weren't like, they weren't able to play like match up righty lefty except for that one like Sabathia at bat, kind of surrounded by the the Loise guy at bat. Um, but besides that, like they weren't really playing that game, so they just have a bunch of like mediocre left-handers in the bullpen. And I think you sacrifice one of those guys. You know, you keep set, you keep Sessa because we not only need the right-handers, but maybe you just need some innings at some point, and and, and just stop playing with a short roster. That Sabathia, I I was I assume Sabathia was on the roster because he he could in theory go give you length. He could in theory start game four or pitch like three innings in game four or something. But apparently he's also having some of the shoulder problems, so he's a one batter only guy. Uh, well, if, if that's should the case, he be? On, yeah, is he is Paul is Sabathia good? Like, is he worth being on this roster more than just being cool to have him on the roster? I believe uh, in in the previous series, isn't Ellen Batanzas traveling with the team, and wasn't he inspiring guys just by being in the dugout? And and, and CC Sabathia could do the same. Then CC Sabathia could do the same. I have to say, I did not see what you uh, the stories that you just shared that he's only good for a batter. That was the broadcast last night, to be fair. So. Okay. Well, you know what? I have to be honest. I um, I watch the games with the Yankee announcers on the radio, which is a little disconcerting because the radio is about 15 seconds ahead of the TV. But I just enjoy them more than the, the national guys. But that's a different story. If Sabathia is only on the roster because he's CC Sabathia and he has a presence, he can have that presence without being on the roster – and if he can only go one batter at a time, I don't see what the purpose of having him there is. 
All right, I'm going to move on, but first we're going to take a break. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about game one. So game one went pretty well. We were all pretty happy with it. The Yankees won 7-0. Lots of interesting things happened in game one. Uh, So, Paul, I want to ask you, is is, um, Masahiro Tanaka... Now, uh, a big game picture along the lines of Kurt Schilling or Madison Bumgarner or whoever. Well, I, I don't see how you can say he isn't. They, they put up all sorts of stats that, uh, that demonstrated that. I don't have them at, at, in arm's reach, but um, whatever it was, seven straight games uh, in the postseason without allowing a certain amount of runs and hits and things like this. He he's, comes up big every single time. Uh, somebody also made a comparison to him and El Duque, which which I think mm, that's is a good is a good comparison. Yeah, I, I think you have to say that he's he's been phenomenal. Andy, why is is Masahiro Tanaka better in the postseason? You know what it is. I th- to when I think about Masahiro Tanaka, I think about a guy that very rarely pitches his team out of contention. Does that mean that he's always the most dominant guy? No. But he's always somebody who keeps a team in a game. When you fast forward to October, I think that becomes a lot more valuable. But more importantly, I also think Tanaka is a guy who knows that he has to pitch his best for his team. So I th- I realize how stupid that sounds, but I really do think that the moment that the... When the moment gets brighter, Tanaka gets better, and I think that he's a guy that you want to have around. So I, you know, I think he is a big game pitcher, particularly when he can use his split fingered fastball again. All right, um, game one I think is pretty simple. Do you guys have any other thoughts on game one? Oh, I would like to ask you guys what, what you think. He faced the minimum amount of batters, Tanaka, through six innings, and they lifted him. Now, I know I understand all the thing about you don't want to see a lineup a third time. Um, and I think Boone's doing a great job. And, and I was a non-believer when the Yankees signed him, and I was a non-believer last year. I, th- I think he was the manager of the year this year. I think, he's, I think he's really come into his own as a manager. I do feel like he gave Tanaka a quick hook on that first game. I, I would have loved to see Tanaka go another inning or two if he, he only has at like 68 pitches, as I recall. So I was wondering what you thought. Andy, I have my thoughts, but why don't you go first? I was completely okay with it. I I thought Tanaka gave the Yankees enough length to get to the best bullpen in baseball, and I think at that point you go with pure firepower against an offense like the Astros. As good as Tanaka was, I was okay with it. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I pretty much agree with you there. I, I, so I tweeted it out while you were talking. I was trying to find the list here. Here we go. So I tweeted out his batting line first, second, and third time through the order during the 2019 season. So first time through the order, and this is you know Tanaka's not so great season, remember, and also you know a season where he had two very, very bad uh, early games uh, that really uh, hurt his, his ERA. Had a 637 OPS first time through the order, 730 OPS second time through the order, and uh, 943 OPS third time through the order. And that's actually a fairly normal like distribution compare, uh, compared to other major league pitchers. So like, even if he's having a really good night, I think Tanaka um, uh, probably isn't as better than your bullpen third time through the order. He might be like still pretty good. Um, and it makes sense. Of course, we're also arguing that he somehow has a inner ability, inside ability to turn it on and bring it up a notch. And I, I, well, I also think the greater question is like, did it hurt them in game two? So, Paul, do you think it hurt them in game two? I, I don't know if it did. I, I, I just think that if you have this deep bullpen and you keep using it and you keep going to it, maybe in times when it may not be as necessary, um, I think overall and over the long, the long haul, you could weaken it. I don't know if that really played a role in game two because they lost out with J.A. Happ pitching and you know, Adovino gave up a home run, but anybody could give up a home run in, in all those innings pitched. But I just think over time it, it weakens the, the bullpen because they get used a lot more and, you know, familiarity brings contempt or whatever. And the more they see these guys, I think the less effective they might be over, over the course of a seven-game series. And, and you wonder if, if, you know, you get another inning and a half out of the combination of Adovino and Britain, right, if, if Tanaka goes a little bit longer. Um, so I think it's a good point. I, I think, um, I, I mean, at the time I was advocating to pull him out. So I, I think I'm basically okay there. But I, I like I wouldn't I wouldn't be like screaming from the rooftops if they left him in. At least you know to. I, I was thinking maybe they give him like a couple of base runners, and like if two base runners get on, then boom, they 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 they, they make the hook. Yeah, he, I mean, um, again, he was only at 68 pitches, so yeah, let let him go out for the next inning. If he gives up a couple of hits, then you go all right. Now now, now we have to go to the bullpen. The flip side to that though is you've now brought somebody up in the bullpen and even if it's not game pitching it still take sap some energy to go and throw in the bullpen and kind of get up and down let's say tanaka has a great inning well now you had a guy up for an entire inning get it keeping himself loose i mean i wonder if that's what that kind of explains kind of chapman's like slightly diminished state during the uh during the the, the ninth inning last night because he had been up and warming quite a lot before they brought lowise again because he scored a bunch of late runs um, but I want to move on. Um, I'll just recap the other things that happened in that game. So Gleyber Torres was three for five with a home run and a double. He, we were all singing his praises. He's only 22 is the meme going around, which is kind of wonderful. Giancarlo Stan hit a home run and injured his quad. Uh, Gio Urschel hit a home run. I mean, it, it was an overall pretty pretty solid game. The Yankees did it off of Ryan Presley and Zach Greinke, two pretty good pitchers. Um, I think it... it uh, we were all walking away from that game pretty optimistic. And then going into game two, I don't know, I felt like the line a lot of people were saying was, it's okay if we lose game two, right? Before the game starts, you go, look, it's Justin Verlander. He's really good. You know, I, I got a lot of faith in James Paxton, but James Paxton's no Justin Verlander. And, uh, you know, we, we took one game and we're, we're going home to Yankee Stadium. Uh, Paul, was that your attitude going into the game? Was it kind of like a free, like a playing with house money game? I really wanted to see them win. Okay, Andy. 
Yeah, no, I, d- I disagree with playing with house money, particularly because your matchup after that is Garrett Cole, who's yeah. pitching like uh, nothing I've seen since 1999 Pedro Martinez. So Yeah, yeah that, that's what I was worried about, too, right? Like game three, Garrett Cole. I mean, Luis Severino is pretty good, but Garrett Cole is, is pretty darn amazing at the moment. Um, so, yeah, same reaction. We all have the same reaction then going into that game, which is why it stung so much to lose it. Let's start with, uh, with the lineup decision. So, uh, Andy... Uh, Cameron Mabin is starting in left field, so we know. So we we, we learned that John Carlos injured, right? So he he strained his quad. It's not that bad, but it's bad enough that they don't want to play in the field. Maybe he's okay to pinch it. Um, why Cameron Mabin over Aaron Hicks? Well, I don't have a good answer for it. If I, if I have one complaint about Aaron Boone. I don't have a problem with the decision to put in Ottavino after Green had thrown two innings. I'm probably, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm the only Yankee fan that feels that way, but uh, I we're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know we will. But uh, getting uh, the only th- problem I have with Boone was the decision to play Mabin in left field. Uh, you convinced me the other night. Uh, I was plenty fine with having Hicks around as a fourth outfielder who plays excellent defense but the second you've got John Carlos Stanton going down with an injury it makes zero sense to have Maben as your starter Paul would you have started Maben or Hicks the, the problem with answering the question is I just don't know what Aaron Hicks can do right now he hasn't played since August and Maben did look pretty good um, he hit a home run right the previous game or, or the last game of the previous yep. series or whatever. Yeah, yep. Maven's had a pretty good couple of weeks. Yeah. So, you know what? I do so like he, the lefty on righty because, again, Hicks can bat left-handed. But I'm not all that confident Aaron Hicks is going to hit. And when he was coming back from injuries earlier this year, he didn't really hit. So I'm, I'm going to take the contrary on that. And I wasn't really all that upset that Cameron Maven started. I, here's my logic. Like, I, I agree with everything you said about Cameron Maven, right? He's been pitching. He's been hitting well, pretty well lately. He seems like he's playing well. Uh, um, and if that's the case, Aaron Hicks, Hicks should not be in the roster, right? If you had, don't have confidence in Aaron Hicks as uh, as a potential starting player, if you know one of your outfielders goes down, if you don't like, if you if if, if you don't have confidence to give him that bat in game one when the Yankees were up by seven, let him let him come in as a defensive replacement. Just don't put him on the roster. Well, I agree put, with that. Other players were talking about the roster, and that that's what annoyed me so much about this. It's like, I. I, it, it didn't make much sense to me to put them both on the roster to begin with, and it makes even less sense when you tell me that Aaron Hicks is behind Cameron Mabin in the pecking order. Well, I'll tell you what annoys me even more. So you're playing uh, you're playing Justin Verlander, so you're assuming that you're going to have a low-scoring game. Why would you not want your best defensive outfield alignment out there, particularly when we've got a wealth of metrics that say and frankly the eyeball test that tells you that Cameron Mabin really isn't a very good outfielder and he nearly misplayed a ball or two on last night and 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 if that's not the case then Hicks shouldn't be on the roster right the premise for putting Hicks on the roster is he's Aaron Hicks even if he's a little bit rusty he's one of the better defensive outfielders in the game exactly but if he's not one of the better defensive outfielders in the game and he hasn't hit live pitching in a game in 2 months there's just no it just doesn't make any sense to me um. All right. Well, that, that, that's we've 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 actually covered that earlier in this episode. So I want to move on. James Paxton comes out. Paul, 
uh, before James Paxton, before the third inning, what is your opinion of James Paxton? Is he looking like he's good? There's no, a lot of talk terrible. in the broadcast of him being he's rusty. He's walking everybody. He's, he's falling behind every single batter. I'm exaggerating, but it was most. I think it was eight out of 12 batters. He had no control at all. Yeah, no. And, yeah. and he was lucky to get out of the, the, the innings where he got out of them. He got out of the second inning with only giving up one run. Um, I, I, I was going to write this, but I didn't. The bottom two guys in the Astros lineup, they did say, I guess I heard part of the, maybe it was the radio guys, might have been the TV guys, I might have been switching back and forth, but I think those two guys were in the lineup because Verlander wanted them. He wanted the better center fielder and he wanted his personal catcher. And neither of those two guys on the end of the order were very good hitters. And Paxton was able to get those guys out to get out of what could have been a huge inning for the Astros. And then again, he didn't have it to start the third, and I was happy he was lifted. I, I was way okay with that move. felt like Bregman was up every single inning. Um, yeah. Uh, so Paxton, he comes out. It's, it's early in the game. Andy, was Aaron Boone right to pull him in the third inning? It was funny. I kind of had an out loud battle with myself while I was watching Paxton pitch because he clearly didn't have – any control forget about command he had no control so when i saw boone come out the pitcher in me said no paxton's finding it he's keeping him in the game but from a logic standpoint it made perfect sense green was able to go multiple innings and he was the right call he was the better matchup at that point in time yeah, and you know, here's the thing. Like, it, yes, eventually the Yankees ran out of good pitchers, and so like it would have been nice to to extend that like an inning or two into the future. But the Yankees got to the ninth inning. In fact, they got to the tenth inning playing good pitchers. Um, you know, it wasn't until I guess a little wise ago comes in that you really have someone that you're not particularly comfortable with. I think Sabathia you were comfortable with for one batter, um, and 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 that's when you lose the game eventually. Um, you know, in most games. You, you don't go to extra innings, right? Most games are won or lost by the ninth inning, and the Yankees got had essentially, uh, you know, seven innings of amazing bullpen. And so, yeah, I'm okay with pulling them as well. Uh, the next decision, Andy, you kind of started alluding to it uh, earlier, is uh, Chad Green, he comes in, he, he gets Paxton out of the inning, he pitches another inning, comes in, he's throwing about 20 pitches at that point. I think he gets one batter out. And then the Yankees bring in Adam Ottavino, who promptly gives up a home run. Was that the right call by Aaron Boone? Again, if you're playing the matchups, which Boone clearly was, I thought it was a great matchup. Springer struggles with slide sliders away, and it just so happens that Ottavino hung one when he came in. Honestly, you probably make the bet that he's not going to hang it more than, say, 10% of the time, and that's what happened there. So it's it's a bummer, but I think Boone made the right call. Paul, um, Adam Adovino pitched one inning tonight. Now, he gave up some base runners and in, in, in the, in the home run, so, you know, it... it um, and a guy reached on a strikeout. Um, so, you know, he, he didn't... It wasn't a, a particularly short inning. He threw 14 pitches. He threw one inning the night before. Uh, but overall, it seems like Adam Adovino is being used more lightly than the other relievers in this postseason, despite being maybe the best reliever in the regular season for the Yankees. Are they using Adam Adovino too little? Yeah, I think they're giving him too much of a quick hook. Uh, if you want to make the argument, uh, sort of like the uh, Tanaka argument, that it was time for Chad Green to come out of the game after he faced six batters, retired all six, and got a first strike on all six, if you want to make that argument that he couldn't get a 7th or 8th or ninth batter out, okay, I'm, 
I'll take it. He, the, the Ottavino's better against the next guy up because he's got a better slider. Yeah, he's playing the matchups. I get it. But I think if you're going to then bring in Ottavino, you got to then bring on in Ottavino and let him work in and out of whatever jam he's going to be. I think the problem with Ottavino and my uh, my criticism of Boone's usage of him is that he comes in, he gets himself in a little bit of trouble, and they yank him immediately. And you know, you have you can have a deep pool. But if you keep letting water out, it's not so deep anymore. And and it, you, you said this earlier, the Yankees did get extra innings, so it all worked out. But that doesn't mean that the way to get there made all the sense in the world. If you're going to use Adovino, and then you're going to take him out a couple batters later and go to Kainley, um, you just use three pitchers to get through one inning. And and I think that's just an inefficient use of these guys who are quality pitchers. Adovino's good enough to go a full inning and get these guys out. All right, Kaylee comes in. He's pretty great. Britton comes in. He's okay. He's a little wild, but he, he gets the job done. Chapman comes in. He's also a little bit wild, uh, but he also gets the job done. He strikes out three in one inning, doesn't allow a hit. Uh, and Sabathia comes in to get one lefty out. I think it was Michael Brantley. Andy, the next batter, the next pitcher up in the bullpen is Jonathan Lewisaga, who was not so good. Uh, so, one, what was wrong about him? And two, was he the correct decision? I understand what Boone was trying to do at that point. He wanted to, after going to Sabathia, who was clearly a one-batter guy and a situational pitcher, he wanted to go to somebody who could provide a little bit of length. So I understand. So if you're going for length at that point, you have three options. You have Loisaga, you have Sessa, and you have Hap. You're not bringing in Hap in the middle of an inning because he hasn't done it all year. So you're not going to ask him to do it then, which leaves you Loisaga and Sessa, and if you're going to make me choose between Loisaga and Sessa, I'll pick Loisaga just on pure stuff. Unfortunately, he has zero command inside of the strike zone with that stuff, and he's had some struggles, particularly here in the playoffs. He didn't look good in the ALDS, so can you quibble with Boone going to Loisaga? Yes, but I'm not sure what his other option was, realistically. I agree. Um, I, I might have, the only comment I'll make is that I, I think they should have kind of sprinkled in the lefties in between the righties earlier in the game. So Green, Ottavino, Conley. Like, if, if you're going to use Sabathia in, like, a one-out situation, like, it may not be a bad idea to use them there just because um, you end up in um, – you end up being able to kind of mix in the middle of innings with your righties a little, a little bit better. Um, but uh, that's, that's, that's just a little bit of nitpicking. Jay, Jay Happ comes in, initially gets the wise get out of out of his jam, and then uh, gives up the big home run to Carlos Correa. Yankees lose. We're going back to New York, tied one and one. Um, lots of questions kind of come up from this game. We've already talked a little bit about Garrett Cole in the next game. Um, I just want to assume for a second Yankees lose that game. Luis Severino is pitching again. I think he's, he's. I don't think. I don't think this is destined. I think the Yankees could beat any pitcher. But let's say the Yankees lose that game. Luis Severino goes reasonably long, so no, no, uh, you know, uh, uh, relief pitcher has to pitch more than one inning. Um, Paul, who starts game four? Uh, game. So game three will be started by Luis Severino, and uh, I'm just going to presume that no one. The bullpen is not severely taxed. During that game, so a couple, a bunch of guys pitch one inning, but that, but that's it. After that event, who is the, your game four starter? Oh, that's a great question. Do you? Uh, and we can use an opener too if we want to, but but that's not really the question I care about. So you're down two games to one now. Yep. With 
you have to win the next two games in Yankee Stadium where the odds of winning uh, two in Houston are enormously against the Yankees. So I know everybody hates the idea of pitching guys on short rest, but I think you have to go to Tanaka. You have to go at your best. Andy, do you agree? I 100% agree with Paul. I think particularly given the evidence I saw from Tanaka during his game one start where the split-fingered fastball velocity is back up to 86, The I mean, the movement looked like Tanaka, he had his command. Even on short rest, that guy is who you want in game four, even at Yankee Stadium where Tanaka's homer prone. All right, for, for both of you, does that answer change if the Yankees win game three? Excuse me. I don't think it does because I think in the playoffs, everything is a must-win game. So I think Boone has managed with urgency to this point, and I don't see any reason to stop in Game 4 because realistically, do any of us really want to see an opener plus Hap? All right, I have a proposal. This is my I, so here's the, here's my problem with this and with, with this answer. It's the Yankees still need to win the other games too, right? So even though Tanaka in that case wouldn't be pitching, was it game five, right? Um, well, then then someone else has got to pitch game five, and someone else has got to pitch game six, right? So like I, I don't think I, unless you bring him back on short rest again in game seven, I don't think you would get an extra game out of Tanaka by doing that. So I'm not really crazy about that. Um, I, I think. I think you you go with a bullpen game, like a straight-up pure bullpen game in in that scenario. Um, And that means probably saving Chad Green for for a couple of innings um, uh, and not using him uh, too much if you can in Game 3. The Yankees have the bullpen right now to go, you know, if they if they economize pretty well, they've got at least seven innings out of the big the big bullpen group. They were able to get basically that out of the out of the group. They got like six in the, and change out out of that group in game two. Um, and if that group is not particularly taxed, and maybe if you're losing late in in game three and you don't end up having to use really any of them, which would be great, um, then all of a sudden you have a you have a fresh group to kind of go out there, and then you just kind of figure out some way to win game five. Um, I think if you have to go with a starter to get you some innings, I think at this point, Jay Happ is your only really real option. I, I, I do not want to touch Luis Sessa right now. Yeah, and and that's kind of my my issue. I'm I'm still not sold on Happ. I really yes, he came around at the end of the season, but uh, you're still uh, you're still betting on a lot of smoke and mirrors there. I think that by moving Tanaka up. You, Start him on short rest. Whether you're down 2-1 or whether you're up 2-1. If if you're up 2-1, Tanaka gets you to, th- to 3-1 and then you can throw your bullpen game uh, all you want. And you've probably got some one of Severino or you can throw your bullpen game and you've got one of Severino or Paxton to give you three to four innings there in a winner, you know, win and go to the World Series scenario. If you've lost in game three and now you're down to one you need to stop the bleeding so either way i think it makes sense to use tanaka and 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 to to build on that because i agree with you he only pitched 68 pitches and and then what you could do is you could go back to my second guess or my first guess about lifting him in game one and say well one reason they did that was because they wanted to be able to bring him back on short rest so what if he pitches again and he only goes 68 pitches that's uh, what, 130 pitches or so, 132 pitches over two starts. That's 
that's not a whole lot of uh, usage on his arm, and then maybe you can bring him back in a game seven. Are, are you all concerned about Tanaka not being effective on short rest? You might be if, if again, if he had thrown 90 or 100 pitches, but he only threw 68 pitches, so he's on short rest, but he's also coming off a game where he had a short leash. So. The idea of short rest does concern me with regards to his effectiveness. However, I think the ace in the hole is the fact that his splitter really does look that much more effective in the playoffs, whether it's the ball or otherwise. He looks good enough with his stuff that I think we're looking at a different pitcher than what we saw through most of the regular season. All right, so I'm trying to bring up the schedule right now. So I'm trying to figure out is if you bring him back on short rest for game four, how does that impact his... Um, uh, his availability for Game 7 potentially as a starter. So we're going to do a little bit of live math on air. So everybody buckle up. Uh, on October 16th is the potential Game 4. So October 16th is, is Game 1. Uh, game 2, Day 2, is uh, October 17th. That's presumably a James Paxton day um, against the Astros, and that's Game 5. Off day is Game 3. I guess Game 6 is... The day after the off day, that's day four. Uh, that's presumably now a Luis Severino start. And then game five is uh, uh, is the next Tanaka start. So he would be able to get a full four days of rest and do game. God, I think you guys are right. I think he's, I think he's game four. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a, That was surprising to me. Uh, I, I did not think that was going to be the answer. But um, maybe that sets you up a little bit better. I I... I think this question changes for me a little bit if if the Yankees win or lose. If they lose and you're a little bit more desperate, like I think maybe you do it, and like you hope you score like 15 runs in this by the second inning one of these games, so you can really, really uh, let your bullpen rest a little bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, does it matter to you guys that the Astros also don't don't seem to have much of an option for Game Four? Like, does that feel like an easy like a quote unquote easier win? You know, I'm not sure that it's an easier win or not. They've got, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they brought up, and I'm blanking on his name, unfortunately, and I can't pull up the roster right this second. But they have that kid that threw the at the end of the season and was yeah, he's the one who's going to be starting. Long. I forget yeah. his name, but he's starting. So yeah. Wade Miley did not make the roster. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, good for them. I'm kind of upset as a Yankee fan that he didn't make the roster, but, but. The point is the Astros' offense is good enough that I don't think any they're out of any game realistically. All right, I'm going to start off, start off with Paul. I want my predictions uh, for the rest of the series. So, Paul, I want you to tell me who is going to win each of the next five games. Uh, yeah, five games. Game game three, four, five, six, and seven. Who game who wins game three? Yankees. Andy, who wins game three? I think Sevy has a great start. Yankees. All right. Uh, who wins game four, Paul? Yankees. <laughs> this strap. Paul, who wins game five? Yankees. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Andy, do you, have, do you differ in your predictions? Yeah, no. I think I actually think the Strohs get game four. I, I, much as I start Tanaka on short rest, A, I don't know if the Yankees will do it, or B, just because of karma, because I've said it, it you know, the idea of short rest, doesn't weigh heavily enough in my mind. It means that Tanaka will get blown up if he starts. All right, uh, I'm I'm going to say this still goes to Game Seven, but we lose to Garrett. Actually, I'm going to say it goes to Game Six because I don't want to face Garrett Cole in Game Seven, uh, and uh, and I think that's uh, that's probably what we're up for at the moment. 
Uh, However, I want to just, before we go, I'm going to refine my prediction for Game 7 in the last podcast, last week's (laughs) podcast, three days ago. I said uh, Brett Gardner would steal home. I am sticking with that that, that prediction, but I'm going to add a little bit of detail. Brett Gardner is going to bunt for a base hit in the ninth inning with a tie game. Uh, He is going to steal second base. He is going to be sack-flied over to third base by Giancarlo Stanton, and he's going to steal home when uh, someone makes a funny face. Uh, so that that's my prediction for the last game. Uh, everybody, we will be back uh, at some point later this week. I'm not sure if we will record before between games uh, five and six, or if we're just going to wait till the end of the uh, uh, till the end of the series to record uh, our next episode. Paul, Andy, thank you for joining me. Everybody, thank you for listening. Let's go Yankees. This has been your Bronx Beat Podcast.